live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. He's also the co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour and the host of the George Camel Show, very popular on YouTube, both Ramsey Network Productions, and we'll be taking your calls. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Brian starts this hour in St. Louis. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks for the call. Sure, what's up? Uh, My wife and I are trying to build a house, um, and we're discussing how much we should have saved ahead of time. I would like to have a hundred thousand saved, and she wants to start now. We're at about forty thousand saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, so she isn't as concerned about the down payment as you are. Uh, she's just excited to get going. More so than concerned about the down payment, which you are. Yeah. So, Correct. what does the payment process look like for this build? When is all the money due? Uh, well, we haven't started anything yet. Um, and so I would like to save a hundred, hopefully get 200 out of our house and then maybe go 350 total and then just have 50 left to finish up when we're all done. Mm-hmm. What do you make? Which we could, what's your household income? Uh, about, a, about a hundred. Okay. So you're talking about a $350,000 build. Okay. And you got 40. How long does it take you to get to a hundred if we went your way what with your goal? Uh, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So we're not arguing about 60. We're arguing about a year. Right. She wants to go now. You want to go in a year. Correct. Right? Okay. Um, which means that if we go her way, you end up with a $100,000 mortgage, not a $50,000 mortgage. Yes. Or a $110,000 mortgage to be precise, right? I, am I doing all this correctly, Brian? Yes. Okay. How sure are you this home is going to cost three fifty? Uh, not sure. That's just the goal that we'd like to keep it under. Do you have a blueprint? No, we haven't started anything. Do yet. you have a builder? We have nothing. Just discussions. Do you own the land? Uh, we have family land set aside. Okay. Uh, sidebar before we, we sidebar before we keep yet. going. Family land set aside means means that there needs to be a plat that is deeded to you, and Correct. you have the right to sell it someday if you all don't want to live there anymore. Otherwise, don't yes, do this deal. Right. You don't build your house on Daddy's land or your house on a lot that Daddy gave you off his land, and he says you can never sell it. Neither one of those well, are, would, those are both deal killers. It would be purchased. Okay. And you would own it. Oh, wait a minute. What does the land, the land is part of the 350? Yes. Okay. And then you would have full rights emotionally, relationally, legally to sell it later if you want to. Yes. Okay. And I don't, I, I, I've taken that call a lot in the last 30 years. Someone that's stuck in a piece of property because everybody's going to be mad if they sell their own house. Right. Don't do that. All right. Now, all right, back to the deal. So the land is how much? Uh, 40,000. And that's included in the 350, did you say, or not? Included, yes. Okay. All right. We think, but we really have nothing to base this on except square foot, and you think you're going to build X square feet. I, I would tell you this. I'm in the middle of building a house right now. 
Um, it took us nine months from the time we decided we wanted to to get a blueprint, a builder, and a budget okay. completed. Completed. I mean, from day one, and okay. I've done it before. So I'm guessing uh, that you can start on the process now, and it's probably going to take you close to a year. Then you'll have that hundred. Yeah. Or not. Okay. I mean, you know, it may take you nine months and then you split the difference, right? But I, I think you can go ahead and get started because here's what's going to happen. When you start drawing this house and you actually start talking to builders and you actually start getting bids, you're going to find out your numbers are wrong. Right. Or they change. And I doubt they change down. Right. You got to watch the scope creep thing here. Yeah, my fear is this thing is double what you thought it was going to be, and now we got to relook at is this the right next move, or do we just buy a place? Yeah, so that's already I, built? I, I think we got a you got bigger issues than when, when to start. Okay, you need to go. You guys, you can start today on the get looking at builders and looking at blueprints and getting it dialed in, and once all of that's done, if it's not been a year um, and you've got everything dialed in and you really can still do the numbers that you come up with, the real numbers, not hopeful numbers. Um, then we can say, all right, I still don't want to start then. And what I would recommend back to your original argument is just split the difference. Just, you know, instead of a year or starting now, uh, let's say six months. And by then, but it, believe me, it's going to be six months at least. I don't think we're starting next week on this bill. No, no, we're not. We got some time or not. Uh, Builders builders aren't working as much right now. So you probably can find one. That'll give you some attention. That's because good. of the rates? That's a good Just thing. Just slowed yeah. down a little bit? Well, very few specs going up. Uh, if builders that are working are doing customs. And so very few uh, home starts on specs because uh, the market's really slow with the high interest rates. Uh, prices have held firm and have gone up in most cases, in depending on the market. But uh, the build rate, uh, new home starts are down, way down, way down. And specs have just about disappeared in most markets. Wow. So, which is not a bad thing. It's okay, except that the except there's no freaking inventory. But for for Brian, it's a good thing because he's probably going to get some good attention. Yeah, versus builder and builder and sub, builder and subs are going to be available. Going a million miles an hour, you don't want someone rushing through that home build. Well, and you got seventy three other clients instead of just you may be his prize client right now. You know, it's possible. <laughs> now, on the financing side, how would you suggest Brian goes through with this? Because there's different ways when you're working with a builder to finance it. Well, if it's fifty thousand, he probably can go over to the credit union and just get a loan. Simple. If it's going to be a hundred, hundred and ten, hundred and fifty, then he's probably looking at a formal construction loan, and he'll have to get an appraisal on the plan. The builder, the the general contractor, obviously license will have to be shown uh, to get the appraisal, and then that they'll do that to get. And you'll have to get uh, your approved for your permanent mortgage, and they give you a letter called a takeout letter which it means that they will be there to take out the construction loan at completion, the permanent mortgage will. It'll convert over so, to a conventional yeah. And you loan. can do all of that with Churchill Mortgage, every bit of that, um, if you want to. Uh, but if you've got a little small loan, like a 50000 out of four hundred or fifty out of three fifty, you know, probably just your credit union. Not worth they'll just with. make you a loan, like a personal loan almost. Yeah. They're not going to put a lot of regulation on that. Not going to require the takeout letter. Not going to require an appraisal. Not going to – usually – but, uh, but if you get up there over 100, then you're going to have a construction loan. Mm. I just rewatched The Big Short over the weekend. Well, this whole mortgage crisis, man, it puts things in perspective. Yeah. How wild things were back in those days. Yeah. That, well, there was just so – The Big Short's all about all the fraud that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just people making up appraisals and 
Uh, we got a whole new list of appraisal regulations in as a result of what happened in that movie. Yeah. yeah, a whole different world. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. George Camel Ramsey personality is our co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thanks for being with us, America. We're here to serve you. Our joy comes when we can show you what to do, and then you actually go do it, and it causes you to win. Bing, bing. That's how that works. That's um, that's what this has been about for 30-plus years now, and it continues to be. Jody is with us in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi there. Hey, what's up? I, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this question, but I am a 50-year-old widow who has been widowed for 15 years. Um, I have helped put my children through college, and I have no retirement. So I am ready to start retirement, and I don't even know where to begin and how much to put in. Uh, there's nothing embarrassing about any of that. It sounds it sounds well, like good. you're you make a, me feel good. <laughs> sounds like you're a wonderful person. We just need to get on the ball, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what do you make? I make about. I was just sitting here figuring this out. Um, I bring home about thirty-six thousand take-home a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your income somewhere around in the low forties, uh, maybe forty-five. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do you do? I am a social worker. Okay. All right. And uh, do you have any debt? I do not. Your house is paid for? Yes. Well, that's great news. That means most of your income can go toward investing. So you have zero saved right now, right? What do you have in the bank? Well, here's what I have. I have my uh, emergency fund of $1,000. Mm-hmm. I have my three months, I have three months of my emerge or for my, you know, in case something happens. Um, but that's about all I have at this point. So I'm, I'm on the Dave Ramsey boat. I just, I'm scared. I, it's to a point to where sometimes I cry because I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm. You know, mm. because I don't know, because when my husband passed away, you know, I use like life insurance and all that kind of stuff to pay my house off. So, yeah. you know, we had a roof over our head and all that kind of stuff because my kids were seven and 10 when all of this happened. Wow. Well, and, you've yeah, had a lot of life happen. It's been hard. 
I totally yeah, understand. <laughs> We're not here to beat you up. We want to give you some good next steps to take. And uh, if you're following the baby steps now, that puts you at baby step four because you have no debt, fully funded emergency fund. And really it's step seven because you have a paid for house. And so now the kids right. are, their school's paid for. We got to put our own mask now, uh, put our own mask on. And that looks like investing for retirement as aggressively as possible. Do you have a right. retirement plan through your employer? Here's what I have, and I, I didn't know what route to go, but there's a 403B. Okay. I don't know much about that. I've kind of looked, you know. Do they have a match? No. Okay. I would not do that then. I would first do. Okay. I mean, I may do some there, but we would first do a Roth IRA. Okay. Just a plain Roth, not yep. a traditional a Roth. A Roth. So what I want you to do okay. is go to RamseySolutions.com and click on Smart Vester. And get a SmartVestor mm-hmm. Pro in your area to sit down with you, and they can help you run some calculations. Okay. okay. Now, let me All give right. you an example. You bring home $3,000 a month. You do not have right. any bills except survival bills. You have no debt, no rent, no nothing, okay? Correct. If mm-hmm. you were to save, invest $1,000 a month for 15 years, at 65, you're going to have right around a half a million dollars, right around $500,000. Really? Yeah. Okay. What this means is not that you're rich, and it's really not right. enough, but it's enough mm-hmm. to make sure you're not cold and hungry. Right. Because it will produce then, let's just, get, let's just reverse engineer this, which is very interesting. Okay. Let's pretend it produced 10% a year on the mutual funds after that and that you retired and had no retirement income and i suspect you probably have a retirement with your government agency don't you that they furnish you a pension uh yeah actually uh my husband i get a pension off of him but that thing yeah but do you get a pension from your work when you retire no okay um, it's just so security I pay into. Yeah, 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 absolutely, which is nothing, which is horrible, but that's okay. All right, right. so if you had a half a million at 65 mm-hmm. or 67 or whatever, and it was invested at 10%, 10% of 500000 is 50000 a year. Right. Without touching the nest egg, without touching the goose, it will lay 50,000 golden eggs a year. Wow. And so you'd actually be making more at retirement than you are now. So no kidding. Yeah. So you're going to be okay. That's the point. You're not going to be rich, but even if I'm okay. if my numbers are off a little bit, and they might be one way or another, actually they probably are off in this case because you probably will not be making thirty six thousand for the rest of your life. You'll probably be making more, and so you could invest right. probably more later. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the no, I did that based on a thousand dollars in your current income. So. Mm-hmm. So I want you to sit down with a SmartVestor Pro, and we don't know how the scenarios will compare to actual life, but you can run some scenarios like I just did just to get the idea that I don't have to cry. Because if you'll start now, Jody, and you'll start investing close to $1,000 or more than $1,000 a month, you get your budget tight and you do that, you're going to be okay. Matter of fact, you're going to be better than okay. That makes me that makes me cry just being happy. Yeah. 
So I want you to sit down, yeah. but it also needs to make you get on the budget and do it. It also mean, means yeah. you get on the phone and get on with those SmartVestor pros and go sit down with them and learn, and let's get this stuff started. Not next week, not next year, now. Now, okay. Right now. Because yeah, every day you put this off, it gets harder. If you put it off a right. year, it's going to take 1200 Yeah. Don't put it off anymore. You put it off as long as you can. The fuse is burning. So I want you scared enough that I scare you into action, but I don't want you terrified anymore so you're paralyzed. I got it. I'm on it. I'm doing it today. I love you. You're awesome. Call us back and let us know how it's going, okay? Okay. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sweet lady. Love that. She just needed a little motivation that she's not doing as, as bad as she thought she was, and the time to start is today. What's interesting about what we do for a living when we talk about getting out of debt or we talk about building wealth, numbers actually give you a result that gives you hope when you run math okay you know i got a hundred thousand dollars in debt i'm never going to get out what's well, thirty three thousand a year for three years i mean it's 2600 bucks a month and you make 150,000. shut your winding up you know all of a sudden the numbers give you ma- give you hope right yeah. the math gives you hope in her case it's thousand dollars a month and for for the next 15 years and not missing a month and getting started immediately and getting good returns and good mutual funds, which probably that 403B does not have. Mm. That's why I directed her away from that. You know, let's go first to the Roth IRA. With more control, more options. A lot better options, a lot better mutual fund options out there. Now, I can be off, and if you all want to argue with my numbers, that's fine, argue with my numbers. But here's the point. Get with it, you know. And, and you know, I might be – if I'm half wrong, she's still going to have twenty five, $26,000 a month coming in uh, or twenty five, twenty six thousand dollars a year coming in uh, versus nothing, which your little plan, you critique critic people out there creates nothing. That's what critics create. Nothing. Well, the new one, Dave, is well, a million dollars isn't enough anymore, Dave. That means a half million dollars is half of not enough, but it's more than you got if you be broke and crying about it. Hello. So. Yeah, we'd love for you to have multiple millions, but I mean, in this case, you could see five hundred thousand would still change your life. The way she's g- the only way she's going to get to over a million is she's going to raise her income substantially, mm. so she could invest twice as much, because two thousand a month yeah. for fifteen years at twelve percent. My mutual funds have averaged twelve percent for the last thirty years. My personal portfolio, and I'm not a genius. The market has averaged eleven point eight percent in the S and P. So, by God, shut up and go do it. You know, so could you could you end up with a million dollars in fifteen years? Yes, two grand a month. That's it, roughly. I mean, there it is. Ding ding. This is the Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. Open phones at 888 5225. So our team handed me this. This is cool, George. In March, Andrew uh, came and did a debt-free scream with me, and uh, Dr. John Deloney was on the air. 
and we celebrated him paying off $303,000 in 49 months. Wow. His student loans, car debt, home improvement loan, credit card, and a house paid off his home. And then we get an email from him that he had a chance to go back to his alma mater, his high school, to one of our foundations in personal finance classes, Warshaw High School. And uh, his he, he put this quote on Facebook, 2009 WHS grad, oh, this is what they put on there, Andrew returned to his alma mater today to chat with the senior financial planning class about his financial journey and becoming debt-free. He completed the Dave Ramsey class and paid off his debt. This class is also completing the high school version of Financial Peace University. Thanks for coming, Andrew, which is called Foundations in Personal Finance. Very cool. Oh, what a great poster child. These kids are going, oh, this I got to watch another video. And then they're seeing this guy. Who was from their high school. Who, who graduated from the same, sat at the same desk they sat. Who has no payments in the world. Yeah. At a very young age. 100% debt free. Wow. Ding, 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 ding. House and everything. And go in and tell the high school seniors it can be done. That's how we do it. See, some social proof. Yeah, we've got the foundations in personal finance high school curriculum that now 6 million students have been through since we started it. It's been in 48% of the high schools. It's currently in like 40% of the high schools. And more and more states are now making personal finance mandatory. I love it. And so we've been adopted by, for instance, the Texas, uh, whatever, the Texas State School Board or the adoption process to adopt the curriculum. Uh, And we were just adopted in uh, Florida. Oh, that's right. Just a couple months ago. It's a big one. So Florida's got a big push, brand new push. Texas has had it for a while, and they've got their second push coming to get all the seniors before they graduate through, our kids before they graduate at some point as a senior or junior, whatever, through a personal finance curriculum and we have the largest most successful one and florida just adopted ours as well now they've got other brands that they can do but so now each of the school local school boards are selecting whether they're going to use ramsey or whether they're going to use something else but really excited about it and um, um happy to be in florida thanks florida we appreciate you and actually i got to meet uh the state senator uh, we were down there doing an event in Orlando. I remember that. I got you, to you meet were him. In the gre- yeah. You met him, too. He was in the green room. It was incredible. And that sponsored the bill this. that got passed in Florida to uh, make personal finance a mandatory uh, a man, it's not elected, a mandatory class for graduation at a certain date in Florida high schools. And that precipitates then the uh, high school curriculum, our, our personal finance curriculum is getting adopted, and we're one of the high school approved adopted curriculums in in florida so excited about that so if you're around one of the uh, florida uh, school boards or you're a teacher or whatever um, and you want to push for our curriculum being in your school we would appreciate it and way to go andrew thanks for going back to your school Uh, i don't know where washaw high school is but uh, it's not on this but it's pretty cool that a guy does that and goes back and speaks yeah. to the class. With well, it. everyone going, they don't teach us stuff in school. I'm like, we do now. Yeah. It's, we're it, in half it the high in, schools. It is in a bunch of the states now. And uh, we're, that's obviously, have been doing it a very, very long time, very successfully. We meet all the benchmarks. It's a, we've got a education, Ramsey's Education Solutions Department here that we've been running for, I don't know, almost 20 years now. And the guys and gals in that department that, that, put this curriculum together that we use in the high schools uh, are from the education world. And so the, our stuff meets 
is the easiest for teachers to operate because it's it, the lesson plans are done, the testing is done right. It's all built out to where it's, it's as low lift as possible. Those former teachers going, I wish this is how it was created. I wish everything was created this way because our guys are putting it, and it meets all the educational benchmarks and legalities and so forth that we have to meet in order to be in a, a public school system. And so we do every bit of that. And, uh, man, we're just thrilled. Thrilled so many people are getting able to do this, and this is cool that Andrew Andrew did that. That's a lot of fun. Isaac is with us. Isaac is in Huntsville, Alabama. Hi, Isaac. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thanks for having me. How are y'all? Better than we deserve. What's up? So my wife and I are fixing to be going through our first divorce. And um, she's going to keep the house that we currently have. And thanks to a wonderful support system, I'm going to be able to move back in with my parents while I get back on my feet. And at this point, I'm just wondering, you know, kind of what's next? How do I start over from here? What should be the correct step I take? I'm so sorry. I am 32 years old. How long were y'all married? Uh, about five years or so, maybe. Mm-hmm. You have children? Uh, a five-year-old son, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Huh. What do you make? Um, $33 an hour, about $4,000 take home a month. Okay. Um, well, to answer your question... You know, you're you're just going to start laying out a game plan to build enough financial life that you move into the, into this next chapter, right? I mean, first goal would be to get on your feet enough that you had a little bit of money saved and you go get an apartment, right? Right. I mean, this uh, obviously your parents are providing a uh, a safety net, not a hammock. Correct. And so you're just passing through, and uh, that's, like you said, that's a wonderful thing, and I'm not uh, upset about that at all, but. I would give myself a number of months, like three or six months or something, and say, by then I'm going to have enough saved to have deposits and get an apartment, get my own place, get some furniture, you know, get get restarted in terms of like almost as if you were moving out after high school or college, right? Right. And um, and then you, you know, once you've kind of got a, a standard of living set and a place to live, then you start doing the baby steps and you make sure you're at, you get out of debt and you build an emergency fund and, you know, you start investing and, you know, you're going to figure out that there's another chapter to this life after 32 years old. Right. Right. Yeah. So this setback is going to be a comma, not a coma. So keep that in your mind. This is temporary. You're going to have a whole other life on the other side of this thing. This isn't define you, but it will refine you. And so now's the time to make, some choices that will set us up for the next 10 years. So do you know, as the dust settles, what the financial picture looks like as far as child support, alimony, the house? Debt. So I will be taking the car that she's currently driving, and she's going to take the car that I'm currently driving because it's paid off. And the car that I will be getting is not, I owe somewhere around 21000 on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we've worked everything out between us, you know, everything's very amicable. So we're, it's going to be uncontested. So the way we have it worked out, no child support, no alimony or anything. It's all going to be, you know, we both put in everything we can for him. And she's keeping the house and there's no, you're not getting any money out of this, out of the house deal? 
Correct. Okay. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm certainly not a lawyer in Huntsville, Alabama. I don't think a judge is going to approve a divorce decree that does not in child, include child support. Okay. Uh, you probably need some legal advice, not to create a stink, but I think you're going to be under the law in most states required to do something for the kid uh, from a legal perspective. I know you're going to from a moral perspective, but um, but I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, so you need to check that out because I, I, I had fireworks go off in my head. But it can't okay. just be handshake agreements. I don't. I don't think it can be. I, I you, you check me out. I could be wrong. Okay, so um. The house, what's the payment on the house? Uh, 550 a month. What does she make? Uh, bring home is about 2000 a month. Okay. She's going to struggle with that. And your name's, yeah, still, and your name's still on the mortgage. And if you try to have a new Correct. life five years from now and she hasn't paid the bills on time, then your credit is going to have been damaged. I'm not sure this is a great plan, brother. I know it sounds like it's all nice. It's all nice until it's not. And then when she gets in trouble, loses her job, you end up paying a house payment for somebody you ain't married to anymore because you're still on the mortgage. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Johnny is with us in Irvine, California. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Great. Well, I'm calling to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. I'm 22 years old. I fully support myself. I take home about $5,000 per month. I have zero debt. I have $60,000 in savings, a $3,000 emergency fund. And I've been listening for the past year or so, and some of my friends and mentors are into long-term real estate investing. So I've been saving toward that for the past couple of years. Ideally, I'd like to start building some long-term wealth. And so I just wanted to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. Wow, you are beyond beyond ahead of the game. Well done, very well done. Thank you. Well, I um probably have a different view on real estate investing than your mentors. Sure. And I probably own more than they do. <laughs> given that I own about 600 million worth, okay? Um mm-hmm. but anyway, the uh uh I I 
do not believe in borrowing money, Johnny, because you and you've heard that listening to the show, and I don't for my real estate investing. I pay cash for it. And so the first real estate investing I did, and I've always loved real estate, um, that I did after going broke and starting completely over and with this new I don't borrow money thing uh, as a part of the guidelines uh, was I didn't do real estate investing at first. I just started piling money in mutual funds. And when I got enough in, in, an, in, in an index fund is what I used, an S&P 500 index fund, when I, it took me about five years to buy my first income-producing property. I paid cash for it. And then I took mm-hmm. all of those rents net of expenses and any other money I could, and I threw it in an index fund until I had enough to buy another property. And then I took all the rents from the two properties and any money I could scrape together from anywhere else, book royalties or whatever else, and I bought another property for cash. And every time I bought another property for cash, I had more cash flow to buy another property faster than I did the one before. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. That is a very long-term play versus what you have been considering until this phone call. Sure. Because you're thinking about getting up a down payment and going buying a nice little duplex in California. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm telling you to wait and pay cash for it, which your friends aren't going to like. And I don't really care. They're wrong. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But you called knowing you were going to get a different take, which tells me you're actually interested in this take. I am, yeah. I, I, I've just been curious what to do because I feel like I've, I've been saving decently and I'd like to continue that. Um, but, you know, once you get a certain amount of money, I feel like it burns a little bit of a hole in your pocket. Yep. And you're ready to jump into it. Yeah, and you've done really well, Johnny. I mean, let's face it. You're 22 years old. You have 60000 bucks in the in the bank and no debt at all, and you're making five k a month. You're killing it. Ding, ding. I appreciate that. Very impressive. And it doesn't sound like you lead a, a super luxurious lifestyle. You're a saver. I, I try to be, for sure. There's, yeah. there's a balance. So the key so is to what, keep living on less than you make. What would be interesting, if you want to be really nerdy, I don't know how nerdy you are, I'm real nerdy, is, and I've done this a couple of times, it's, and it, it always it always works, that's why I'm putting you up to it, is if you say, all right, when I'm 42, would I rather own $10 million worth of real estate with $8 million worth of debt, or would I rather own $3 million worth of paid-for real estate? Yeah, I think the clear answer is the three million. Yeah, and then here's what's in, here's the here's the exercise: run mm-hmm. out the the purchase snowball, which is not a debt snowball, but the, the way I talked about a while ago: rents buy more, buy more, buy more, buy more. Everything's folded back into the next deal, and the slower start ends up with a faster end. The sl- faster start ends up with a slower end. My way is slower start, but has a big time payoff at the end because it hockey sticks from an exponential mathematical equation perspective. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, definitely it does. Because when you get all this property that's sitting there paid for, you are buying more property faster than you would have if you had a whole bunch of property that's not even close to paid for and it's not cash flowing nearly as generously. So the sure, math says I can buy I can buy more property faster now. It's ridiculous what my real estate fund now looks like from my real estate income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, because <laughs> I'm at the back of the story, right? So, mm-hmm. but I can't get people to to think long term, 
And I might have just got one 22-year-old to do it, though. I'm impressed. He sounded interested. Yeah. We if we can just get off TikTok, we'll get there. <laughs> For real. Woo. Jake is in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Jake. How are you? Hey, guys. It's an honor to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. How can we help, sir? Yeah, so I'm 35 years old, have no debt, and am about to step into baby step six. And my question is, uh, you talk about uh, baby step seven, living and giving like no one else. I have no problem with the, the giving aspect of things. The part that is a little tricky for me to wrap my mind around is the living like no one else because uh, I am a pastor. And so to be stepping into baby step seven, hopefully here in the next five or six years, I'm trying to imagine life in my 40s, living like no one else while being a pastor and, and living in the community of people who, uh, who pay for, who have paid for my uh, financial success, you could say. I don't, I don't know how else you, you would put it, but how, how should I think through that as I look forward to the next five or 10 years? Yeah. Well, um, don't muzzle the ox as he treads out the grain. You've probably read that scripture, right? Yeah. And a worker is worthy of his hire. You've probably read that scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So are you a good pastor and you're worth what they pay you? I, I sure hope so. Okay. <laughs> then if you use that money wisely, in Christianity we would call that good stewardship, wouldn't we? Mm. Yeah. And I think you're modeling for those people what good steward, what the results of good stewardship are that it ends up with wealth, mm. but we're taught by the, by Karl Marx, not by Jesus, that wealth is evil. Mm. Wealth is not evil. People are evil, particularly some of them in your church. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, not much, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, but, but, uh, so you're always going to have a hater, whether you win or you lose, if you do it at scale. Mm, yeah. If you lose, you aren't a good steward, and you're horrible, and you worked your whole life, and you have nothing to show for it, and we call that being a good steward. That's not a good steward. That means you did a bad job handling your money. Mm. So you're supposed to model for your congregation how to how to be a good husband, how to be a good dad, right? Right. How to be a great leader. We're supposed to model in Christianity. It's called a witness. We call, and yet when it, my, my friend Craig Rochelle says, why is it that wealth is the only blessing from God we're supposed to apologize for? Mm. And I've got several friends that are pastors that are uh, a, a decade and a half ahead of you, and they're facing the exact same thing because they have systematically, carefully invested in, uh, in their 401ks and in their Roth IRAs and in their retirement programs, and some of them have bought real estate carefully and they they don't have jet airplanes they're not on tv you know that it's none of that junk they're just good guys as a pastor and they've been careful with their income and most of them are millionaires because they did the stuff i teach but now Mm. there's always some duper this is well a pastor should never be a millionaire yeah that's what i want i want my pastor to be broke and stupid no i don't either i want my i don't want i want you know pastors should never Listen, I want my pastor, I want his marriage to be something I can look up to. I want his kids to be something I can look up to. I want the way he handles money to be something I can look up to. Because obviously the book he is reading has having an effect on his life, and I want to know more about what that book called the Bible says then. But not if you're out, you know, so. But you're always going to be criticized, Jake. 
Whether so, it's about your message or the car you drive, there's exactly. going to be someone out there. And, you know, you have to get, if you're a Christian, you have to drive a used Accord because that's what Jesus said. They were all in one Accord. <laughs> oh, that one still gets me. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Jenna Start. oh, George Camel, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Uh, he's also the co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour and the host of the George Camel Show on YouTube, which is exploding, by the way, one of our more popular Ramsey Network launches in the last year. Jenna is with us. Jenna is in Seattle, Washington. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. You too. What's up? Um, So I have a situation that feels complicated to me, but likely not to you guys, which is why I'm calling. Um, I am the sole provider for my family and am self-employed as a um, therapist, a mental health therapist in private practice. And um, I make uh, good money, over $200,000 a year. And am, um, yeah, over 10 years, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, but um, I'm paid pretty irregularly, mostly by insurance companies. And um, I usually know by like Sunday evenings um, kind of what my deposits are going to look like, but they tend to um, be slightly different um, each week. And then I also get kind of random payments, like, you know, co-payments from patients or just, um, kind of paper checks. It's just, I'm not, I don't have like, a. it's, it's sort of predictable, but like also not predictable. How long have you been so like, doing this? Uh, how long have I been doing this? Mm-hmm. Over 10 years, uh, actually. Okay. So years. over the, over the course of a year, it's very predictable over the course of six months. Yeah. It's fairly predictable over the yeah. course of one week. It's not correct. Okay. So, so give us some uh, rough estimate what, here. What's your question? So um, we're struggling to budget um, as far as um, the kind of grocery shopping um, weekly versus monthly, like just kind of really trying to understand our money better. Um, we've kind of banked on like we just make good money, and so we money just sort of disappears. And I'm trying to do better. We're trying, My husband and I are trying to do better. Um, my one caveat question I want to throw him under the bus is he also refuses to drop the coffee stand and wants to keep it in the budget. And I want to mix it from the budget. Um, so I want you guys to give me some, uh, you mean buying some, a cup of coffee at a coffee stand? Correct. <laughs> this is not your problem. No, it's okay. not my problem. Yeah. You need to lose that battle and win the war. He needs a budget line item for he, he, his he coffee. He gets his coffee, and we get a budget together that we both work on that accomplishes our overall goals. Coffee is not keeping you from doing that. I agree. So, all right, that one's under the bus. He, You lose, he wins. Next. All right, George, how do we do an irregular income? So the simplest way to look at this is look at what a low month would be for you guys. We know it's not going to be zero, right? Correct. So what would be a low month? A low month would be 12000 Okay, so we start there. We'll input that in the budget, and when more money comes in, we'll just add that income into the budget on the income side. Got me? Okay, yes. Then on the expense side, we're going to do it a little differently because it's irregular. We're going to make a prioritized spending plan. So let's have our four walls. we got to cover the bills, you know, the rent, the mortgage, all of that stuff first. Food. Food on the table. You should have a set food budget 
that is fixed yeah. that easily fits within twelve thousand dollars, and it should yeah. not have to change based on the irregularity of the income. Okay. Other things will change based on the irregularity, but not food. Okay. Because it's first. Now, are you at risk of running out of money even while in that bad month of twelve thousand dollars, or are you just trying to go, hey, we should be saving more with all of our expenses? Yeah. Well, um. No, we're not at risk of running out of money. Um, I just don't feel like we're throwing enough at our snowballs. Um, we have, yeah, yeah, perfect, um, perfect. Yeah, we're not at risk of running out of money as far as our our needs go. I just okay. feel like it. Every after that, it sort of just disappears. <laughs> gotcha. But it's not disappearing into the coffee stand. There's okay. other places, yeah. other money leaks. Well, it's, it's what she's saying. I think, and I don't put words in your mouth. Is it's disappearing into the disorganization and the chaos. And yeah. I want to get a handle on this so I can feel like I'm doing a good job. Correct. Like okay. it's like one week I'll I'll pay the Comcast bill, and then the next week I'll pay you know a different bill, and I just don't feel like I'm organized enough. Um, and so I feel like you know I want to have a better understanding. And I was thinking similarly what you were saying if I just created an idea of budget, and then whatever kind of comes extra, I could even just throw out our snowball. Um, if you can live on the 12,000 without yeah. touching it and you get to everything you need to do, you could run a budget on 12,000 and every extra dollar above that goes to your debt snowball. That's an easy yeah. fix. Okay. If you need 13,000 to live, but 12 is your low, then you've got to add a thousand to those last few things before you start the debt snowball. That's what George is saying. Uh, yeah, so including our business expenses, we need about 9000 to live, nine to 10000 to live. Okay, okay, your business needs to be running separately. Yeah, 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 the business is running separately. Um, okay, so, so our household... No, 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 stop, 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 stop. You don't have it included, okay? The, the, it's, not, it's not running separately if it's included. Hello. So oh, okay. here, here's the thing. We run a business budget, and then when we bring money home from our net profits after paying the business expenses, then we work with that. So your business expenses run what? My business expenses are is, monthly is only uh, $2,300 a month. Okay. All right. So you actually have a low of 9700 Yes. Because you're not bringing home that 2300 Correct. Okay. So, you know, so, so that – Based on what we're doing, I, I need to have you need to have that separated out and keep it set completely separate. Run a separate we, set of books, separate checking accounts, separate yeah, everything we, for the we, business. We actually give ourselves a weekly paycheck. We give ourselves yeah, a but that doesn't matter. You, you got to you got, and then you need to cash out the rest of the profits beyond your weekly paycheck and beyond your expenses out of the business account over into the personal account. But the same principle will still work because the same math applies. I just split it apart. So okay. Yeah. So you're still okay. Ninety seven hundred will still do it if twenty three hundred stayed at the office. You can still do it on ninety seven hundred, and everything else will go to the debt snowball and then some. So in the ninety seven hundred, some of it's going to the debt snowball, but it's just how much more we put on the debt snowball. And every every dollar premium will cause you to be able to do that. We've got a thing in there called paycheck planning uh, that works really well for the irregular income. And you and your husband can sit down together and lay the whole thing out on the app. Uh, or on the desktop, whichever you choose to do with every dollar, and it'll lay all out. And, and we'll give you three months free and get you started on the every dollar premium, okay? Awesome. Cool. Thank you, guys. All right. Hang on. Uh, we'll have the team pick up and give you three months for every dollar premium because that'll, that'll do it perfectly. Oh, yeah. And it'll help him see 
where's all this money going? What did we decide we were going to do this month? Yeah. And then the only choice you're making is $8 or whatever the flipping coffee is. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, $8 is not going to get you out of debt. That are, but, but you are going to start looking at everything, including the coffee. You'll see how much say, money you're wasting. How much more can we throw? How far are we going to cut our lifestyle versus the debt we have versus the $200,000, well, not really, $175,000 income that we have? This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. I was just telling George a story in Austin. You need to hear this, too. In 2012, I took a call here on the air from a guy who had a side hustle, and he said, I love my side hustle more than I like my job. When can I quit my job and do the side hustle? I want to double down. My parents say I'm crazy for doubling down. My wife says I'm half crazy for quitting my job. Uh, he was a pharmacist. So he'd spent a lot of money and a lot of time getting to, to be a pharmacist. And he, he said, I want to quit pharmacy. I want to go into this whole other side of things in the gun industry. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm a gun guy. So I'm talking to him and listening to him. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So I said, how much do you make? And he said, I made 65000 on my side hustle. How much you make as a pharmacist this year? This is 2012. He said, 60000 I said, well, double down. I'm on your team. Uh, I, I, if I would advise your wife that you should go after this. It's what you love. It's your passion. Uh, I would advise your mom and dad that they're very sweet, but they're wrong, and that you should go after this. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I was out west, and um, I visited the guy's business. He did seventy million last year. That hurts my brain. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And he acts like I did it, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. I talked to you for five minutes. You've worked for, uh, you know, what eleven, twelve years on your business. You built your business. I didn't build your business. I'm so proud of you, though. Uh, I'll, I'll take credit for lighting a fire, but dude, you 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 burned the forest down, man. That is wild. way to go. Way to go, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, we don't always get to hear the, the, the other follow-up 11 years later to taking some of you guys' calls out here. So uh, some of you ought to tell us if we screwed it up 12 years later or if tell we got, us it, if if we got it right million. or whatever. Yeah. Goodness. It's pretty Good cool. for him. Pretty cool. I'm, I'm impressed with him. Sharp young guy, too, obviously. Todd is in Fort Wayne. Hey, Todd, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Uh, I've got a quick question for you. Uh, back in 2009, 2010, when there's a big recession that we all heard about, mm -hmm. my business uh, went in pretty deep. And uh, since then, I've paid back uh, everybody I can and uh, taken care of all that. But I've got one credit card that went after me and in 2000 through collections. And uh, it took me to small, I guess you call it small claims court, because I, I got a letter for a judgment against me. Mm -hmm. But at that time, um, I was still trying to get my head above water. How so long ago was the judgment? Uh, it was 2015, August of 2015. Okay, so eight years ago, okay. Was the first one, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the first one? The, yeah, the amount was about, uh, I don't know, $2,000, $3,000. But, of course, with all their fees, that judgment was for 8000 round numbers mm -hmm. and uh anyway i just got another certified letter today i didn't know how to for sure uh how to contact these guys i just knew it was out there but they've added two thousand to it mm -hmm. um anyway it says they have 14 days to congest um mm -hmm. i'm assuming a court hearing i didn't know the first time i could do that but 
Do I get? I, I don't think or? they. Uh, I don't think they get to have a court hearing on this one. Okay. Because it's gone too long. Yeah. All right. So let's do a little. Uh, let's learn a couple things here. Number one, okay. you owe these people some money, and you're not disputing that. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the original balance was what? Uh, I don't know for sure. It was like three thousand or something. But with their fees, the original. No, I'm seven, talking about fees. I'm talking about what you actually owe them. Oh, the first one was uh, seventy nine ninety seven, so eight thousand. No, 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 no. That was with the fees. Okay. When you had a credit card before it went to collections, the balance on the credit card was three thousand dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's what yes. I'm thinking. Okay, so um, here's the thing: if they said they've added more, another two thousand, so it's now ten thousand dollars, right? Yes. Okay. There's a whole industry out there that most people don't even know is out there called debt buyers. And they yeah. buy old, bad, probably uncollectible debt. Probably uncollectible because the person has already filed bankruptcy and they don't get anything, but they still will buy the debt, sometimes not knowing that. Uh, or the debt has gone too long and it's past the statute of limitations in that county or that city or that town or that state. Uh, and so it's not collectible, which I think is probably the case with yours anyway. They probably get zero, uh, technically, legally. Uh, but they buy old, bad debt. Now, let me tell you what they pay for it. A nickel on the dollar. Maybe less. Yeah. So this guy calling you or certified lettering you is with a $10,000 bill likely has 250 to $500 invested in your account. Okay. This, That's this good information from, if you're going to call him and offer him 3000 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I want to do right by this debt. I'm willing to pay $3,000. That's all I'm willing to pay. If you want $1 more, I'm going to give that to a lawyer, and I'm going to fight you to the death because I don't think you can collect this at all because it's gone too long. So this is a case. This letter from the our county courthouse or uh, court, does that make a difference? Nope. It's not, the court didn't buy the debt. Some duper bought the debt. Okay. So the Dubers brought you to the county courthouse. You got a, is the Dubers name on there? Uh, yeah, the collection agency, and there's a lawyer name on it. The lawyer's who you call. Call the lawyer. Okay. Because here's the okay. deal. They are not in the business. This is not like if I owed you money and you were pissed and got a lawyer and sued me. Okay. This is a conveyor belt at a factory, and it's the junkyard. It's not even a factory. It's a conveyor belt at the junkyard. And they're running like okay. 9,000 parts a minute down the conveyor belt. And you're yeah. one tiny little part. Okay. All right. Let me give you another example just to, for fun. Okay? okay. A couple of Christmases ago, I decided to take advantage of this knowledge to do a fun charitable thing for our team. We bought yeah. 8,000 accounts from a debt buyer totaling $10 million worth of debt. Our purpose in buying it was we were going to call all 8,000 people. We have 1,000 employees, so each of them got to call eight people and tell them their debt is forgiven in Jesus' name for Christmas. So we bought $10 million worth of debt to do that for $259,000, two and a half cents on the dollar. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm telling you, this is how this works. So that that's who you're dealing with. You're one of 8,000 in a package. 
only you didn't the package wasn't bought by me so you got to go deal with the people but it's still i had eight thousand people that were in this one package for two and a half cents on 2.59 cents on the dollar all right and that that's how this that's how this industry works man so and what do they want they want more than they've got in it because this is a business for them not a charitable event so they got 250 or 500 grand 500 dollars in your deal you offer them three thousand, and you stand firm and argue with them about 30 times they're going to take it get it in writing do not give them electronic access to your checking account those two things are very important okay so i think you should pay them what you owe them which is three grand okay you got the three grand? I, yep, I do. Very cool. How, does that does that tell you what you need to know? Yes, perfect. Thank you. Cool. Right. Thank you. So they're hoping a few people in this giant pile will pay that eight or ten grand to make this whole operation work. No, they they never get it. Ninety nine percent of the accounts aren't collectible. That's why they're worth nothing. Because I mean, what are you? What are the chances of collecting on something from two thousand ten? Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years ago. If you can even find the guy. I mean, they're just saying glory hallelujah that they even found it, right? We had trouble making the calls. We couldn't even... Old cell phone numbers. Bad numbers. We had a... We had, you know, we had a, what? I bet you uh, one, out of, uh, one out of eight was probably bad, or two out of eight. Yep. With the information we had with the accounts we bought were bad. Which tells you they had bad information when they bought it. Well, yeah, because it's old. I mean, how many people got the same cell phone number 13 years later, you know, oh. and, and or whatever, the same address? And, you know, you don't send a change of address to people you owe money to if you're on the run, you know, so it doesn't happen that way. So it's an interesting world, but it's a very high high number, low performance world. And if you'll keep that in mind when you're dealing with them, it's not personal. It's just a transaction for them. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your home for home, your hub for home services. Neighborly can help you find local service pros like the grounds guys, five-star painting, and more to get your outdoor space ready for the cooler months. Download the Neighborly app today and get started. Today's question comes from Steve in Minnesota. I'm 43 years old. I still have student loan debt, about 4900 It was originally twenty four grand back in 2010. This year in May, I went and got 2,130 hair graft transplants for about thirteen grand. Some I paid up front, and the rest I used a care credit card for $10,500. I owe about five grand on it now. I have 32000 in savings. I've got about ten grand in a 401k, and I make about 20 bucks an hour. I didn't get enough hair grafts to cover the back top crown area. Should I go back for more hair transplant grafts to cover that area? Oh. Dave, this is a personal question that I think only you could answer. <laughs> this is very that was personal. Mean. It's personal. You're just mean. Hair jokes, George. Well, you've bullied me for far too long, Dave. It's my time to get back. <laughs> oh, Steve, Steve, Steve. Okay. Steve, Steve, Steve. Well, the good Steve, news Steve. is Steve has some money and he can clean up this debt today. I don't know why he's waited 13 years. Yeah. He has 32 grand in savings. Let's knock out the 10 grand in debt and you'll still have 22,000 left. That covers an emergency fund and that should cover some hair grafts. So thirty two thousand ten thousand five hundred on the credit card. He says he owes five on it now. And then, um, oh, okay. And then five. So so ten thousand clears up the student loan and the card, right? Yep. 
and that leaves him $22,000, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And um, then we need to ascertain what your emergency fund should be, three to six months of expenses. And if that is under $22,000, like, say, fifteen, then you would have seven you could use towards other things. And if that's what you choose to do with your money, okay. Um, right? Yeah. But if, you're, if your emergency fund should be 25000 you need to finish your emergency fund before you do other things. Because until you're out of debt and have an emergency fund in place, we do not do elective surgeries. That's a luxury. It's a luxury. Well, I need bigger lips. No, mm. no. The food's going in. You don't need bigger lips. The uh, coffee's not spilling. You need bigger. You don't need bigger lips. Uh, you can, bigger lips are a luxury. Uh, hair in the back. Is a luxury. Apparently, here in the front is a luxury. So for he me, must but. have got just the front done, and that he's got this crown here yeah. that's still. I mean, missing. if you're the hair transplant people, that was genius. Hey, you have to come it back. Leaves for that you, one. It leaves you with a, a guaranteed client for the back as soon as they get home and get a mirror. The other question is, they do a good job with the rest of it so far? Because oh, maybe let's not go even, back. I, if my they stomach didn't. is in my throat. This is killing me. But, yeah. but I imagine it's a few more grand to finish it up if he's got the crown left. Yeah. I don't I'm, I'm going to get in work. a lot of trouble if I'm not real careful here. But anyway, the um, yeah, if this is what you want to do with your money, it should only be done. It's a choice. It's a luxury item. It's like buying a new couch or upgrading a car. It's done after your emergency fund is in place and you are debt-free. So you should write a check today, Steve, and pay off your student loan debt and your credit card. Um, is this even is this real? This is real. Is this some guy spooked? I thought this Austin was trolling punk, us. Somebody's punking us. And Austin let it through. It's too specific to be punking at this point. Well, it's a good way he to punk. He said he makes nineteen dollars and sixty cents somebody, an hour. You give great detail. Like I just don't have enough hair grafts in he the. He told back. us how many hair grafts? Two thousand one hundred and thirty. I know, but that's pretty. That's how you punk somebody. Very you, specific. That's, how, that's what causes us to bite on it. Well, we bit on it, and so we're pretending like it's real. I think someone wanted to know your take on hair transplant. Oh, grafts. that's just no. Nah. No, they didn't. Obviously, they know my take on hair transplant. All they got to do is just pull Dave up. Dave says picture. not worth the money. Well, it's just um, it's a. Yeah. You've been cutting your own hair for a few decades now. Yeah. It's easier that I, way. The amount of money you've saved, though, compared to me, I just is grew up in a different place and a different time where we enjoyed getting old and we is what we is. So we didn't constantly be poking and prodding at ourselves. But it's a different well, time. Well, back then it was just place. like a toupee. There weren't many options. Yeah, that's true. It's a bad toupee or nothing. Yeah, like something out of a movie from the 70s. Yeah. But, oh, I mean, well, I don't. I, yeah. I figured that the person with the lowest hair maintenance and the highest hair maintenance in the studio would have opinion. Would have a great opinion on this. Jade's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Boom. Roasted Jade. Hey, Jade spends more time on her hair than you do. That's I promise true. you. I've got this down to a science. She's got more stuff going on from the predator look to the twisted up on top look to the whole thing. She's got more looks. I'll tell you than this: you do, I haven't spent thirteen grand on my hair, so yeah. there's a bonus. Yeah, none of uh, all of us together have not spent thirteen grand on our hair. So. That's a lot. I would just start wearing hats or just let it ride, man. I mean, you got a great head for it, Dave. Oh. Not everyone has that. See, Gift. George, you're trying to dig out now. You're trying to dig I'll out. never dig out. Get you a shovel, buddy. This is my last show, America. It's Get been good. Get you a shovel, buddy. It's been fun. Yeah, you, 
you and Austin. Austin brings in the hair joke email. It's an alley oop. And you just you you you, you do the stuff with it, right? You just stuff the thing, right? Yeah. All right. Let's move on while I still have my job. All right. Sarah is in Nashville. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Okay. So I work two jobs. I work a full-time job, and then I also work a part-time job. Um, My question is, should I or, like, is it okay for me to quit my part-time job? Um, even though I'm in baby step two, um, the reason I'm wanting to quit it is basically because I'm working it all the time. You know, I'm trying to be gazelle intense and all, but I am not having a good time and I want to pursue like other things to eventually go into that. So like, what are you saying? Music. <laughs> basically, I want to, in the long run, get into music and I am in Nashville. So it's like the perfect place to do that. You want to get into um, music, did you say? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But and what's your part-time gig now? I'm in retail. Okay. All right. Well, that's like most of Nashville. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you get the next yeah. country music star's attention in Nashville? Uh, waiter. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that that's yeah. they're, they're everywhere. That I've got tonight. I've got three people that were on the Voice working for me, and they ain't doing Voice. I'm telling you. So, um, but anyway, the uh uh. Yeah, it's it's everywhere, and I'm not saying you can't do it. it. You you should do it, but how much debt do you have left? I have about fifty thousand, and it's student loans. Okay, and when will at your current rate with Gazelle Intensity? When will that be done? Um, about two ish years. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Twenty eight. Okay, how many hours a week are you working now? Um, about fifteen hours extra. So. Mm-hmm. And plus a forty-hour job. Yes. Okay. So where do you work on Saturday night? Um, so At retail. Really Retail's work. not open. Yes, correct. So I'm not working. Yeah. Where do you like work on re- Friday night? Not at retail. It's not open. Well, I work the retail job uh, Monday through Friday after work, and they close. Okay. About All right. So you don't have a Saturday gig. Okay. Yeah. So sing on Saturday. Yeah, so I guess it's a little bit complicated because I'm not into, like, the country music scene. I'm more into Christian You're music. You're in Nashville, and you want to get into music. You want to be in the Christian music? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, so, so how are you planning on breaking are. into it? That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. I'm more so thinking, like, the social media route. Okay, then I would like, do that on Saturdays. Okay. And I get plugged pick into a and, church pick, where that music's yeah. happening as well. Yeah, make sure you're in a good church that's musical and they're doing a lot of good praise and worship stuff. And, you know, Nashville's also the home of contemporary Christian music, for sure. Most of the artists live here okay. that do that for a living. A lot of them are friends. Okay. Uh, the older ones are friends. Your the buddy Darren Tyler did a songwriting night at his church with a bunch of songwriters. So there's stuff like this happening in the community all the yeah, time. Yeah, you can do all of that and still keep your retail job. You just got to give up partying on Saturday. Oh, wait a minute. You're doing this from a Christian perspective. Maybe partying isn't the problem. Um, you got to shut down the prayer group on Saturday night there and, go, we go. and go do something else. Yeah, My I mean, kind that, of party. That, yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you can find the time, Sarah, and I think it's a short-term play to get out of debt. Let's get out of debt. Listen up. Trying to reach your money goals without a rock-solid budget is like trying to climb Mount Everest in ice skates. It isn't going to work. That's why we built the Every Dollar app to help you win with money. 
It's the simplest, most straightforward way to track your spending and give every dollar a job. That way, you can stop letting your money push you around and start reaching those money goals. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Walt is in Buffalo, New York. Hey, Walt, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. What's up? Uh, actually, I had two questions, but the young lady on the, uh, the screener told me I could only ask one, so I figured I'd mention it, and maybe you guys let me squeak in, too. <laughs> uh, my wife and I have been on the baby steps since November of 2022. We made it all the way to step three. And almost immediately after that, we had to use a couple thousand dollars of our emergency fund. Uh, we have $4,000 in a high-yield savings account that's earmarked for kids' college. Uh, he's 10 right now. And we're wondering if we should take the 2000 from that four to fill the emergency fund back up. I would. Uh, because it's not in a college fund. It's just earmarked. You, you have two accounts. One of them you've got named college, but you've got a 10-year-old. You've got plenty of time to build their college savings and doing it in a 529 and so forth. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah, simple enough. I mean, it's liquid. You're not going to pay any penalties. So if you told me it was in a 529, I'd say don't touch it. Yeah. But you're, you'll be fine there, and you'll have time to fill it back. Or if it had been there for 20 years or something and the kid was seven. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different factors, but – uh, you got a lot of time, and it's just a it's just a right pocket left pocket thing, um, and then just you know if you take it out of the right pocket, and put it in the left pocket, then you got to go back to the right pocket and fill it up, which is baby step five anyway. Reminder: Walt, four, five, and six are done simultaneously. Yep. So we're investing fifteen percent while we have that plate spinning. We begin to fund the kids' college. Then any money left over, we can throw onto the mortgage to pay that off early. Yeah, so four, five, and six, which is retirement savings, kids' college savings, and paying the house off early, we run simultaneously, but still in that order, 15% going into retirement, funding kids' college, which you're going to do immediately. Uh, you'll begin with that with that 2000 that's left over and get an account open and get it moving. And then if you find more money in your budget, or as you find more money in your budget as you go along, let's pay off the house early. Elijah is with us in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Elijah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having us. Sure. What's up? So me and my wife have a question, and it is we are debt-free. We have an emergency fund. We've tried to do everything by the book, and both of us have zero credit, and we are renting currently. Is there any way that we could one day buy a house without any credit? What is your advice? Well, George did it. Yeah, it's a fairly simple process. It's called manual underwriting. And what that is is basically a no-score loan. And our friends at Churchill Mortgage have been doing this forever. But if you tell anyone about it, they'll say, no, you can't do that. And even if they say you can, they'll say, it's so much more expensive. It's such a headache. It'll take you forever. They're lying. They've never done it. So let me tell you from someone who's done it that it's simple, but you have to do it by the book like you mentioned. So you're going to want to have all the documentation, your verification of income, rental payment history, you know, 12-month history of your bank statements, a tax return, things like that. And along with that, you need to have a good down payment. Have you guys started saving that up yet? Yes. As soon as we finished building up our emergency fund, that's what we were going to start on. Awesome. 
So I would aim to have a minimum of 10% if you're doing the no score loan. 20% is even better to avoid that private mortgage insurance. What kind of budget are you looking for for a house? Right now we're in North Carolina and the housing market's anywhere from a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars to three hundred thousand dollars. Great. So let's set that goal and then let's set a down payment savings goal. And as long as you can get that payment to be twenty five percent of your take home pay if you're after tax income per month on a fifteen year fixed, then you're ready to buy a home. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Again, Elijah, if you go to a traditional mortgage company or you ask your friends um, they're all going to tell you that because they don't know how to do it, that that can't be done. George did it. Jade did it. Dr. John Deloney did it. All of our Ramsey personalities have had zero credit scores and gone and got mortgages. Okay. So it, it definitely can be done. We'll put a link to, uh, the Ramsey solutions blog about this in the show notes. And so if you want to go back and pull that up out of the show notes, you'll be able to do that with the great detail on it. But really George just gave it all to you. And again, selecting a mortgage company that knows what the flip they're doing. That's important. And most of them don't. Churchill Mortgage does know how to do this. Chaz is with us in Orlando. Hi, Chaz. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Uh, So my question is, I'm 24 years old. Me and my fiance are getting married next February. Um, I have zero debt right now. um, And I have a nice little nest egg in the bank that I've been saving up. Um, my question is my fiance has some debt. Once we get married, do you recommend that I kind of use up most of my nest egg to pay off her debt or should we keep that nest egg in the bank and just keep pursuing paying off her debt now that we both have both incomes to pay it off? What are we talking in the bank? So right now I have about $34,000 in the bank. Um, and then her debt is a little bit over $17,000. Okay. Um, so it wouldn't totally wipe it out, but it's just, you know, we well, both and now like through February, it's just, it's just you know, no, I don't know. What do you mean? You know, for, uh, I mean, yeah, but like, we just like to have it in the bank. No, you do just for like, yeah. yes. You worked true. hard to save this money up and it hurts emotionally to let it go for someone else's mistake. Yeah, that's okay to say out loud, but just know when you get married, you're <laughs> signing up for that whole person's life, and it's our money. So now you have debt as well. It's our debt, and it's our income. All our of income the mistakes you have made come with you. All of the mistakes she has made come with her. And the preacher will say, "And now you are one mistake." <laughs> 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 so yeah. this is how this works, brother. Uh, are you that in love with her <laughs> that you're willing to do this? Oh, 100%. It's All right. not then even a second When you thought. get home from I the honeymoon, write a check and pay off her student loan. Okay. Yeah, okay. period, period. No question about it. Um, and she should be paying it down. You know, we've got to save up for the wedding. Are you guys paying yeah. for it? No. Luckily, her parents have blessed us with paying for the wedding. Great. Um, so that's been a huge blessing for yeah, sure. That's wonderful. And she's totally, she's paying, paying it down. We've actually been taking your class through our church. and Good. So she's already working it down like every single day. Um, but it's just, it looks like there might be a little bit left over once we get married. And so, you know, I was calling in to see, see what your opinion was. Yeah. On so it, Chaz, here, here's the thing. If you called us up, you, you've listened to us or you've been through financial peace university. If you called us up and said, we're a married couple, we have $34,000 in savings and we have $17,000 in a student loan. We instantaneously would tell you to pay that off. Wouldn't we? Yes, you would. Okay. The only nuance here is, is that it's new. 
because the marriage will yeah. be at that time new. So that's the only nuance. And what you're facing here is you're really having to face this idea that we are going to combine our incomes, our dreams, our fears, our mistakes, our assets. We're going to combine everything and we're going to become a whole new entity called a married couple. And that in your, yeah. your, this is forcing you to process the emotions of that, which to George's point, or, you know, we, we poke fun, but, but it's, they're very real. It's a very real emotion. Yeah. And, and so, but if yeah. you, you've listened to us enough, enough to know that if you were answering the question as you're driving along in the car while listening on talk radio, uh, and someone else called in, you would be going, they're going to tell him to pay the loan off. <laughs> yes. Okay. True. So the the only difference here is it wasn't an existing marriage couple. We're moving into it, and that's the only nuance to change. And, yeah, we could go. And it, and it happens to be your money this time, rather than listening to someone else call in. Mm, that changes different. it too. That's tough. But you know, the beautiful thing is you also get to build wealth together, and it is like exponentially greater when you have two people who are on the same page. Oh yeah, yeah. There's what's called in uh, sociological studies and economic studies that called the marriage advantage. Mm. The, you know, the, there's several marital advantages. Uh, if you haven't ever read the, the research that's out there, uh, health, males who are married live longer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and couples who are married have a wealth and an income career, a career and income advantage. Statistically, they make more money and they have more money statistically so it's called the marriage advantage research projects that are out there floating very cool. around very interesting to look at so yeah you're right this is going to go zoom zoom you're going to be fine that puts this hour of the ramsey show in the books live from the headquarters of ramsey solutions it's the ramsey show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. I'm Dave Ramsey. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Starting off this hour is Corey in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Corey. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I got a question. I, I got $35,000 in credit card debt. I'm going through a divorce uh, she wants me to take another half of hers, and I, um, I, I'm just struggling. I'm working um, five days a week. Um, I drive truck as a local truck driver, and I just don't know where to where to even start at. Okay. Um, how much debt do you guys have as a couple? You've got thirty five. How much does she have? It'll be sixty five thousand total. So she has another thirty. Yes. Okay. And their car payments? Uh, yes, I have a car payment. My my truck payment is nine seventy a month. Good God! All mm-hmm. right. And um, how much is her car payment? Uh, her car payment. I'm not too sure of that. We're actually we're going through a divorce and we're separated at this time. <clears throat> well, dude, you were married to her. Did you have the car then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had uh she had given me my car back. I had bought her a Lexus at the time and she had given it back to me stuck me with that and my truck payment plus a motorcycle payment and i was struggling so i traded both of my vehicles in and ended up purchasing a truck i have now i saved myself about 500 dollars a month doing that yeah you didn't go far enough all no, right no i didn't all right um 
Okay, so the problem is, is we're working out all the debts before there's a deal cut. Mm-hmm. So every time you every time you get something paid off or figured out, she hands you another one. Yes. Now this has got to stop. You've already eaten a Lexus and a motorcycle, and now right. she wants you to eat fifteen more of the debt that the credit card debt that's in her name. Yes. Okay. So we need to. Uh, do you guys have an attorney? Yeah, we have, we both have attorneys. I I tried telling her. Uh, I she keep the house and everything we put into it. She keeps her debt. I keep mine. We'll go our separate ways. And she's not into it. Uh, she has no. She's not willing to work with me at all. Okay. Then I guess the judge is going to have to decide. Right, and that one's February seventh. I'm trying to figure out what I need to do in the meantime. Uh, I have an opportunity right now to buy my own semi and go over the road and make nah. what I'm making nah, now. You need to get this cleared up before you do that because she's going to end up with half the dadgum semi. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. How much money do you have in the bank? Uh, at this moment in time, I'm struggling, and that's what I'm uh, – I have maybe 30 bucks right now. I'm going through it right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And you're not driving over the road now, or you are? You just cut out on me, uh, man. Uh, that's why we were. Uh, that's why we're going through the divorce. We drove team over the road together, me and her together. Uh, we were racking down two hundred and fifty thousand a year between us both. Um, I was sticking mine in my four hundred one k. She was spending hers, and that's another th- thing she's wanting. She's wanting half of my four hundred one k also. Mm-hmm. And we weren't even married uh, that long, three years, and she's entitled to. Uh, everything I put in from the date of marriage to the date of divorce, mm-hmm. which uh, it's not even, it's not really a lot of money, but I've worked for it, you know. You guys have kids? No kids, nope. Okay, so are you driving over the road now? No, I'm local. Okay, what do you make? Uh, right now I'm thirty three twenty two an hour, okay. and that is all, all right. straight pay. And you've got an apartment? Yes. Okay, what's the house worth? Uh, I just had it appraised at a price for 174,000. What do you owe on it? Uh, 132. Okay. All right. So here's, here's what I would do. All right. The problem with a divorce is it turns a marriage into a business transaction. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, now a list of debts and a list of assets that must be negotiated through the law in most States, as you have found out splits it down the middle. What she wants doesn't matter. What you want doesn't matter. The law is going to demand that you split it down the middle. If you come to something close to that and pre-agree to it, the judge will approve it. If you come to something way out of balance, the judge is probably not going to approve it and kick out your agreed-to settlement because it's too stupid. Okay? So, all of that to say, you don't need to be buying anything. If I were in your shoes, I'd sell this truck. Yeah. And get, I looked get you a hoop. That. Yeah. You said that like I'm not doing it. You need to sell your stupid truck, oh. dude. $970 at $33 an hour is in the cray cray zone. Right. I, I want to get rid of it. I want to trade it in. They told me I would have to pay out $4,000 in equity, negative equity to get off from underneath the truck. At Good. That point. Do it. So, Okay. Go, go borrow 4000 at the credit union and do it. Or sell it private party okay. if you can make 4000 more and be, get out of it yeah. clean. Sell it private and, and just sell it and be done with it. Somebody will give you more than you owe on it. Okay. What no, is it? What kind I, of truck is it? It's a 2023 Chevy Silverado. 
That's a beast. That's a good truck. Yeah, you ought to be able to get more than you owe on it. Yeah. So, yeah, the problem is the dealer thinks he's got you coming again. Right. He got you last time. He's going to get you again. Especially if you're desperate. They can smell that off of you. Yeah. So I think think you put it on the – look it up on Kelly Blue Book and sell it for more than you owe on it and then get you a hoopty. Because you're driving truck during the day anyway. You don't need a bank big car right now. You got more problems than you need car, right? Yes, sir. So this is temporary. One year from the day, everything's going to be changed. But temporarily, you've gotten rid of the car. Now you're down to only thirty-five thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and negotiating with your soon-to-be ex-wife over the four hundred one k in the house. Yes. Because the credit card debt's going to be split down the middle. You're going to get your 35. She's going to get her 30. You're probably going to give up half your 401k, or you can give her a credit towards the house and sell the house. Right. How much is in the 401k? Uh, 35. 35,000. Okay. So 17 of the equity in the house can go to her instead of giving up your 401k and sell the house and give her her half plus 17 which is probably almost the whole thing. But don't let the house stay in the deal. Do not st- do not let her have the house because you're on the mortgage, and then she doesn't pay it, you're screwed. Right. Force the sale of the house, split the proceeds, minus your half of the 401K that you're going to have to give up anyway, and that way your 401K stays intact. Yeah, you walk out fine. of this with a 401K and only $35,000 worth of credit card debt and a hoopty. Now you can talk about going over the road. And making some money and clean up the thirty-five thousand right quick. Okay. But you're being managed by emotion because your heart's broken one minute, you're pissed the next minute, and you're p- broken, terrified the next minute. Yes, sir. I understand, man. I've been there. It's no fun. And so I, I haven't been through the divorce part of it. Been through the rest of it though, and it is no fun. So laying out a detailed, factual game plan with math remove some of the emotion from it and that's what i just gave you so go back and listen to this on youtube or on podcast or however so i because i gave you the exact plan of what to do and and what i what i laid out is negotiable and if she won't do it take it before the judge he'll make her do it this is the ramsey show Hey folks, our brand new event, Dave Ramsey's Investing Essentials, is almost here. Do not miss this chance to get the tools you need to build your investing plan and prepare for your dream retirement with confidence. It's happening May 21st and 22nd, and it's virtual, so you can tune in from anywhere. You can even submit your questions to get real answers in real time. Tickets are $199. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash events. So one of the most popular things we have done in many years is about two months ago, we started doing free webinars with Jade Warshaw, Rachel Cruz, and George Camel, each of them doing free webinars with the Every Dollar Budgeting app showing you how to build out your budget, why to build out your budget, and uh, couples are jumping on for free and watching the webinar, and you can interact with the webinar you can actually ask questions live we got a live while, chat a q a live, box live chat while we're going and a what box a q a box you q and a box so we, you we get, get those stuff in so there's interaction it's not just george squawking at you or Nobody jade or jade or rachel squawking at you and uh so we're doing these free online budgeting trainings uh go to everydollar.com slash budgeting and between now and the end of the year each one of those three will be doing three or four of these 
And so George, Rachel, Jade, uh, you can jump on, choose which one, or just pick the night or day or whatever that you, the time is convenient for you. It's completely free, very interactive, very helpful on the every dollar budgeting app on how to get a plan together. Because if you don't have a plan, you know, uh, it's like Zig Ziglar used to say, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And my friend John Maxwell says a budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. Every dollar dot com slash budgeting get registered for the free webinars george what do they get if they go to yours well we give away stuff and uh <laughs> that's for, i like to bribe people with that so we'll give away some stuff we have a, a killer you really are you a, just making a joke no we really do we've really? given away uh you products i already give away your services i know we give away some books and products and things like that for those that are brave enough to ask a question in front of you know three thousand virtual people because that's there is a cap even though it's digital they cap the room size. So you got to make sure you sign up. We'll also send you a replay if you miss it. A lot of people say, hey, I can't make that time. Sign up anyways. You can go back and watch the whole thing. There you go. And free stuff for the people that do attend and ask a question, and you bribe people for their involvement. You got it. But people do get really interactive. I've heard the stories. Yeah, and we've had great feedback just showing them. Cause we don't have time on the air to show you how it all works, but that webinar is where we do it. Olivia is in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, George. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so my question is about student loans. Um, I currently have um, a, um, I have around three, uh, let's see, 105000 in student loans. Um, and it's broken up between um, a private uh, university foundation loan and then federal loans. Um, and my question is, um, the, the federal loan is broken up into smaller loans. Yes. Um, some of them are subsidized, some are unsubsidized. Yes. And so my question is, how do I prioritize that? Do I, or do I just pay the private and then the federal? I'll tell you how I did it 10 years ago. I laid them all out from smallest balance to largest balance. That's called the debt snowball method, and I ignore the interest rates. Just black them out if you have to because it gets real confusing and overwhelming. And all you do is you focus on that smallest balance first. My guess is it's one of those little federal loans. Yes. What's the smallest balance you got? Um, I believe the smallest one is about five or 6000 of one of the, the federal loans. Yeah, what do you make? Um, my husband and I make um, about a hundred and fifteen. Great. So, how quick are you gonna pay that five off? Oh, we can pay the five off in um, probably a couple months. Max. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Or, I was or thinking faster. like two paychecks. Yeah. Okay. Quick, quick, so quick, quick. How, yeah, all of these um, federal loans are under one service. You need to call you them. You need sure. to pay the minimums and then call them and get them on the phone, which is a pain in the butt because they're incompetent. But call them and get them on the phone and demand that the money you transfer right then goes on that loan. Because if you okay. mail it to them or you make it one check for all the minimums and that, they will screw it up and spread it across all of them because they're incompetent. Okay. Up until now, we've just been paying um, across all total. Across all of them, yeah. yeah. And nothing happens. Correct. Yeah, and you don't see any movement. But I want that little one knocked out, because when that little one's knocked out, your payment changes. Okay. And drops Very down, good. and then more and more and more, the debt snowball rolls. But if you don't knock out the little one, then the debt snowball doesn't roll. Meaning, every time you pay off something that has a payment with the debt snowball, that old payment now gives you extra money to throw on the next one. 
But if mm-hmm. the old payment is zero, then it doesn't give you any extra money to throw on the next one. So you got to call them and each stinking month, make sure they're doing the right one, the right one, the right one, when you're on one of the little small federals. Yeah, and you can also see online it may break them out. You may be able to apply that to the principal, but I'm not sure if these if websites you can, are If you can be, if you can hairy. make sure on the website, you could try it one month and see if it drops the principal on that singular debt rather than spread across all of them. But I got to tell you, they're, it's the worst. It's the federal government. I mean, the user it's, experience it's is the not incompetence top-notch. of the IRS, the incompetence of the federal government shows up here like you'd never believe. These people's parents are cousins. It's just awful. They're just horrible. And so uh, it's, a, it's a disaster. The whole student loan debacle is a disaster. So the faster you get it in the rearview mirror, the better your life is going to be. Good question. Thanks for joining us. Miguel is in San Antonio. Hi, Miguel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave and George. Uh, how are y'all doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? That's right. Um, so I'm 22 years old. Uh, I have a car payment that's sitting at 10000 left to be paid off. That's the only debt I have. Um, originally, the car started at 18000 I had it for two years, and so I've been trying to pay it down much ahead of time just so I can get that completely finished out. Um, and I, I do have the money to pay it off right now. I could pay it off today, but that is pretty much everything that I have. So you um, owe you owe how much today? Uh, today it's it's just under ten thousand. It's at nine thousand. Okay, and, and how 9, much 000. money do you have? Um, I have twelve thousand right now. Okay. Um, what do you make? So I would still have. Uh, I make around forty thousand a year. Not good. And what other debt do you have other than the stupid car? I don't have any other debt. Good. Pay it off today, man. It leaves you with, what, three grand? And no car payment. Yeah, and, and, and that doesn't include my um, emergency fund. I, I still have oh. an emergency fund of 1000 Okay, No, great. no, no, your uh, starter emergency fund. Your starter. So, yeah, so now you got three grand. you got three grand, four grand. Yeah. And now you, your next yep. goal is to build that four grand up to three to six months of expenses, which in your case is probably about a $10,000 emergency fund. Okay. And without a car so, payment, you'll so, get there even faster. Yeah. Yeah. It's So with that, yes, that I should pay it off. Um, one more thing I'd like to add on to the story now is that I am engaged. Congratulations. And we have a wedding. When? When's the wedding? Uh, we just signed the contract for two years, ex- almost exactly two years. So Two years? A long ways away, man. Why two years? Way. Um, my, my fiance is still going through graduate school and I actually work at a, a university, so she's going to be able to get graduate school paid for with, uh, my benefit there. Not if you're not Which married. The blessing. We are planning to get married legally first and then so that she can get that benefit. And then we're going to have a wedding in the church because we are uh Catholic and we do want to get married in the church. Okay, so what does the Catholic Church charge you to get married? Well, we wanted, we've been dating for six years, and we wanted to, we've had a lot of different people come through our lives, been a part of our story. We wanted to have something. Um, so we have a budget of around twenty to 25000 and and with it being just me right so now. So you're talking income, about actually getting married when? Legally. 20 legally would be um, pretty much the beginning of 2024 in February. Okay. 
and then then, and then your husband and wife. The other things you're, you're just going to have a party. Exactly. Okay. And so you're going to save up for a $20,000 party. I don't give a flip when you have your $20,000 party. You can have that whenever you want. You're now husband and wife, and you have a paid-for car. Ta-da. It doesn't change anything, dude. Matter of fact, it it actually makes it more sense for you to pay off the thing today. With that combined income? Because the $10,000 is not going for the party two years from now, for sure, while you have a stinking car payment. You're going to save up new money to pay for the party. Or not. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, your grad just spent roughly 4,320 hours in class, and we're guessing that nobody taught them how to win with money. But you can still set them up to win with gifts like the Total Money Makeover, Breaking Free from Broke, or Ken Coleman's Find the Work You're Wired to Do, which includes the Get Clear Career Assessment. And listen, these gifts could change the trajectory of their lives. And if it helps them earn, spend, save, or invest money the right way, you'll find it at RamseySolutions.com store. That's RamseySolutions.com store. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Jacob and Taylor are on the debt-free stage in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. How are you? Doing well. Great. How are you? Better than I deserve. Welcome. Where do you guys live? So we're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, fun. Welcome yeah. to Nashville. How much debt did you pay? So we paid off about 182000 Good for you. How long did that take? <laughs> Too long, but about eight years. Okay, good. And... Uh, what was your range of income during that time? So we started about 70,000, 70, 75, and then up to about 125. Cool. What do y'all do for a living? So I'm a mechanic at a Lexus dealer in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I graduated college, I ended up in the nonprofit field for about seven and a half years, uh, but now I'm a stay-at-home dog mom. I have a network marketing business, and I'm a part-time barista. Okay. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. What kind of debt was the 182000 So it was... Student loan for her, mm-hmm. and, then, and then our mortgage. Oh, I paid off your Whoa. house. Yes. Look at it, weird people. <laughs> I love it. So, what is this house worth in Tulsa? It's worth about two eighty now. Way to go, guys! Nice house. We're seeing it on YouTube here. Nice picture. Yeah, yeah. and it's all yours. Mm-hmm. All ours. How old, are, how old are you two weirdos? So I'm thirty three. I just turned thirty two last and week. You have a paid for house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone that's thirty three with a paid for house other than George? <laughs> he was a huge inspiration for us very oh, very big so that very means the world <laughs> well i'm amazed that this trend keeps happening i think we're seeing it more and more lot people's in their of, 20s and 30s late 20s early 30s coming in here with a paid off house yes That's definitely right. yeah we're it's very exciting do you know i mean any of your friend group got a paid for house i don't think so not that i know of yeah, yeah. Yeah. They'd be talking about it if they did. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Very true. They'd be here, too. Where did this idea even come from? How did you guys get started on this Ramsey Way? Eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, so right after uh, I graduated college is when we got married, and we actually got Financial Peace University membership as a wedding gift. And mm-hmm. so I'd love to give a shout-out to Tracy, a family friend who gifted that to us. And that changed everything for our family. So we took it about three months after we got married, and I remember sitting there the second or third week and, and I was like, we have to teach this. Like we, people need to know about this. And so we went through the class and um, we kind of did things a little, a little out of order. We actually like bought our home during the class, but turns out we did it right. We put 20% down, it's a 15 year loan, all of that. So all of that was right. But then we, um, you know, ventured on the, the student loan and we got that done it was thirty-eight thousand, and we got that done in 22 months Very good uh, so we knocked that out pretty quickly and so um right after that class was over we started teaching 
Um, so we've coordinated uh, nearly 15 classes now. Oh, super good coordinator. for you. Thank yep. you. We love you. it. Absolutely love super it. Super coordinators. Yes. you got to awesome. follow the stuff at that point. Oh, the yeah. whole yeah. class is looking at you. <clears throat> yes. Have you led one since paying off the house? Um, we had one this summer, so we got to celebrate with them, and yeah. then we'll have another one in January. So yeah. that's, that's really kept us accountable, you know, working with each of the classes and, and sharing our story and all of that. So That's like your personal trainer having a six-pack. You're like, this yeah. is yes. a good sign. I'm in the right place <laughs> yes, when I'm exactly. in your class. Way to go. Yeah. Yes, we're excited. So we, um, in a lot of ways, I, I guess a huge part of our story is um, – you know, we've had emergencies come up just like anybody else. Um, we've replaced our AC unit. I had a four-night hospital stay. And we also, uh, Jacob is working on his bachelor's. And so we're cash flowing that. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the reason why maybe it's taking a little bit longer. And what are you studying, Jacob? Uh, mechanical engineering. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. How so, much longer do you have? Uh, about a year. Oh, wow. Good for you. That's going to be a great breakthrough yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's been a been an almost five-year process. Yeah. yeah. So, but, it's all part-time. Yeah, exactly. So, and as newlyweds, we've we've done a lot of traveling. Uh, we've done a couple of international trips. And we've been all over the United States, but all with cash, all without credit cards. Um, and so that certainly has, you know, extended our... Um, you know our our deadline i guess but the goal was always to pay off our home seven years early yeah um and that's exactly what we did so it, hit it's the goal been, yeah the goal. we did it's been really exciting really, yeah. really well awesome. once you're out of baby steps two and three travel is allowed mm-hmm. it just slows down you know it slows down how much you put on baby step six or buying a car is allowed or going to school is allowed it just slows down how much you put on baby step six but right. you still did all of that and mm-hmm. did the house in seven years right. yes yeah that's we pretty sure cool did. yeah we sure did it's yeah. been been fun it's been, been fun journey. yeah yeah, living proof. This stuff still works. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep, every day. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, too, um, Jacob and I are both natural givers. Um, and so outside of our mortgage, our giving category in our budget was actually one of the largest. And so we were kind of practicing Baby Step 7 even kind of before we got there. Yeah. And so, you know, the travel and, and the, the giving part of that, you know, we give to things that we're passionate about. We yeah. just couldn't wait to do that. So, Amen. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Good for you. Okay, now. How does it feel when you walk through the backyard and you don't have any payments? <laughs> feels nice. It really does. I mean, you don't, we don't necessarily like worried if that payment was going to be there the first of the month, but it's nice not having to, like even having to worry about that. Have y'all walked back in the backyard and stood and looked at the house and went, that's ours? Mm-hmm. We have actually. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. 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 Front, back. Walked Side. through the grass barefoot. Yeah. yeah Pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neighbors are going, what are they doing over yeah. there? Exactly. Yes. They do a lot of celebrating over <laughs> yeah. there. I don't know. That's yes, good. Good for, for you. Sure. What do you tell people in your class the secret to getting out of debt is? Oh, man. Number one on my list is tithing. That's been just the forefront of our mind. Um, and why do you think that is? Man, when you live life like this, you know, it, it's just better than... Open-handed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. It's just better than you can than you can dream or imagine. And so uh, blessings have come from that. And, and certainly, you know, since we have led 15 Financial Peace University classes, we watch the videos 15 times. And so... Um, you know, just keeping up with that and, and having a group to walk through that with has been a really mm-hmm. crucial part. So, yeah, the accountability and the open handedness. Right. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? I think it's a lot of it is not living above your means. I mean, that we've, you know, not been in any kind of dire straight situation, but we've also not like saying, oh, I need to go into debt for to do this, or I need to put this money towards a trip and not pay off what we need to pay off. So, I think it's it's knowing what you need as opposed to just what you want yeah it's intentionality right yeah 
Yeah. Way to go, guys. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Who was uh who was cheering you on? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of my parents instilled a lot of this into into me from the get go. So they've always been kind of that driving force for, for me, especially not before we got married and then since since we've been married, they've been, you know, a, a constant cheerleading team. Um so and then her grandma and then our, our friends, you know, who, who know that we're on this journey or we're on this journey, you know, they've always been super supportive and our church family, our community group, you know, we, we've, we're surrounded by a huge support team. Wow. I mean, that's awesome. That makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And you guys are in your early thirties. You got no payments. Give me something you're excited to do in the give, save, spend category with no payments now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, making our, our giving budget a little bit larger now. Uh, we're updating our home, so like you know, updating the outdoor space and replacing windows, things like that. Adulting, yeah, adulting, adulting exactly, yeah. So that's any big trips now? You're like, this is the big debt-free trip. Yeah, uh, actually, next May we're gonna go to Italy. Mm-hmm. So we actually uh, at a fundraising gala prior to COVID, mm-hmm. we uh, won the won a trip through a, a silent auction, mm-hmm. and COVID kind of ruined that a little bit. Um, couldn't go. Well, now we are three years on from it. We're actually going to get to go on it, and even in a better financial place than we were then, to go. So that's that. We're going to kind of use that as our celebratory. Yeah, oh God, know. that's awesome. That's a good trip. Yeah, yeah. well done, y'all. Yes. That's fun. Yes. Well, congratulations. Yes, we're very you. proud of you. you. We've got the Live and Give bundle for you because you've been doing a lot of both living and giving. So, uh, Baby Steps Millionaires book. You'll be there very soon yes. if you're not already. I didn't ask how much you have in retirement. How much do you have in retirement? We probably have. Mm. Well, I, I think we have probably about a hundred grand now okay. with IRAs. And you said the house is worth three hundred, close to it. Yeah. yeah. So you're about four hundred of right. a million, almost on your. You're on your way to baby steps millionaire. Right. Then. Good. On our way. Yeah, we got that book for you, and that's your next step, the next stop, and total money makeover book maybe to give to one of your class members and a financial peace university membership. If you find somebody that can't go, we'll assist you in your giving. Uh, your generosity plunge that you're taking. That's right. awesome. Yes. So congratulations, you yes. guys. Thank you. All right, Jacob and Taylor, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 182000 paid off. House and everything. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. This is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Franklin Roosevelt said, when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. Amen. Kristen is with us in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, George. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so my husband and I were newly married. Uh, we just finished Baby Step 1 this month. Uh, we have $45,000 in consumer debt in Baby Step 2. And as we're laying them out smallest to largest, we also have some other pretty big expenses that aren't necessarily debt, and we're just having a hard time figuring out where they should fall in our snowball. What are they? We have, um, so we have two vehicles. One of them we own outright. One of them we have a loan for $6,200, and the one that we have a loan on is broken down. Um, the rear differential is completely seized up. It's not drivable. 
It's going to be about a $2,000 fix. We're hoping to eventually fix it and then sell it to get rid of it. Um, also, we bought a house at the beginning of this year, and two weeks after we closed on our house, the pipes in the bathroom burst. And so that is currently completely gutted. We don't have a shower uh, sink. Um, we at do all? Have a functional or just in that bathroom? At all. Uh, that's the only bathroom we have in our house. So we've been showering at our mother-in-law's house. Um, we've been going over there to do that. For how long? And then um, for about six months, Goodness. seven months. Yeah. <laughs> She's two blocks away, which is great. She's super close. It's, but it's not definitely great. A pretty big There's nothing great about this. This sucks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a mess. And we'd, what do you guys make? wouldn't cover it. Um, well, that's the other part. I lost my job recently, so currently my husband is working. Y'all need um, to write a country song. $15 an hour. We shower yeah, at my mother-in-law's, uh, and I lost my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a lot. Wow. So what's he making? He's making $18 an hour right now. Doing what? Uh, he's a machine operator. What were you making? I was making uh, 60K. I was a restaurant manager. Mm-hmm. Why'd you lose your job? Um, I was working in a restaurant. Um, I loved my job. The hours were not great. I was working 60 to 70 hours a week salary. So I took a different position in the same, it was another restaurant manager position. And I moved over to that. It was going to be 45 hours a week. Um, and that would salary also. So that would allow me a little more time. Um, but uh, a couple weeks into that, they decided that I was not a good fit, um, and they let me go. When was that? That was uh, that was in June. Why haven't you worked since June? Well, that's the other thing. My husband, um, he uh, had his driver's license suspended, and the car broke down. Um, so we were able. Why to did he have his car. driver's license suspended? I can't believe this. It's been suspended for um, for quite a while. He had to wait a couple years. Um, there was a period of time. DUI to, for the points, yeah, and okay. then for the points to fall off. And so he can he's eligible to get it reinstated now, but it is it's about eight hundred dollars to pay all the fees and for everything, and then our insurance would go up. Okay, so your excuse that. is you're a full time driver for an eighteen dollar an hour guy. I'm calling bullcrap. That was a dumb idea. You make more than he makes. Yeah, and so we were able to share. Um, we were working in the same town. We were driving. Yeah, back when. But now with him being, yeah. Yeah, but now when. with you not having a job, you used driving him as an excuse to not get a job. So get another job, girl. Couldn't you drop him and then go work and then pick him up? Or he gets a ride? That's what, I mean, they there's did a lot of That's what you did before. Yeah, so we were, um, I can... I'm looking at getting, I've been doing, um, applying for jobs. There were a couple, I got to the second interview, um, restaurant manager positions and, um, you know, they ended up really not going anywhere. But now what I'm looking at is, um, what would be wrong with make working 60 hours a week now? What was wrong with it then you were broke? Yeah. Um, it was mostly the schedule and driving back and forth and not being available to pick him up because I had to stay late to solve a problem at work. And, um, mm-hmm. so, so you he, lost $60,000 cause he didn't buy an Uber. 
Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you guys need to, you guys need to both be committed to 60 to 80 hours a week, making $20 an hour. And you will solve a lot of these problems you have in a heartbeat. Instead, you're living in a house that's not even habitable because you don't even have a toilet or a shower and you haven't worked since June. You guys have got to go create some money, girl. You went from a hundred K down to 36 and you got 45 in debt. So if we get you back the to work again, not we can your solve problem, this. your income, the, the fact you guys don't make any money is your problem and you don't work much. Yeah. You both We've need, he doing... needs a new job. He needs a new job making 25 an hour and two extra jobs making 20 an hour. And you need the 60, 70, 80 hour a week, 60 to 80,000 to be the restaurant manager job. And buy him an Uber. If you're stuck at work, I mean, can you wait tables in the meantime? Yes. Um, so that's what, our next plan was I can pay $125 to reinstate my CNA. I have to go take the, the test, but then I would be able to get my CNA license back. And that's, I'm that's sorry. What is a CNA license? Job. What is a CNA license? Certif- certified nurse assistant. And what would that pay? Uh, $25 an hour. 20 to Why 25. would you want to do that when you can make 60 as broke as you are? Why don't you go get you some money? I, I've been applying for restaurant manager positions. I had two, two where I went to the second interview, second interview uh, process. Um, I've applied for, for more than those, but those are the ones where I was um, Kristen, interviewed. And you guys need to sit down. You guys it. need to sit down and figure out the way on the short term, not what your dream is, but the thing you can do that is moral and legal that allows you all to work the most hours and make the most money for about two years so you can get your shower fixed and get your debt paid off. But you're not going to do it with all these theories and all these limitations, and you're finding all kinds of reasons to not do this stuff. Um, really, honestly, fifty grand solves your whole life. 50000 bucks. You could have made that since June. If he was working overtime and you were still working. And so you really have an income. Your perception of work and your perception of income on a temporary basis needs to change. That is your issue. Because you guys need to build, you know, $18. And I, I mean, in a, in a world where most people are making 25 to 30. Okay. Uh, and, and no, you don't go get a CNA to make $25 an hour when you have the income potential of 60 to 80,000 at a restaurant. And in the meantime, until you land that you go get six jobs and you guys work your tail ends off. I'm fixing my freaking toilet and my shower. This is crazy. Y'all go make some money, girl. We want you to win, but you, you, you guys spend a lot of your mental that in talking to you, there's a lot of mental gymnastics on how, why we can't create an income. There was a lot of them. I mean, you're like a, a world-class gymnast. Well, and, I know life has happened to you. I know it has, but, it, but, you but it's got stuck in it. your head and you got this loop going and I'm trying to force you. Even if you get mad at me, I, I'm doing that because I love you. I'm trying to force you to rethink your view on work. Mm. Well, every question there was, well, there's a story behind. I know, but we at some point we just have to put it down and do it anyways and go to work anyways exactly. and do the job we don't want to do anyways. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, you your fifty thousand dollars changes your whole life. You could go make fifty to a hundred thousand more than you made in the last twelve months. In the next twelve months, 
between the two of you changing your view on work. That's how that's how yeah. fast your life can turn around. And, and the desperation that you feel every day when you go to your mother-in-law's to take a shower will go away. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.